yeah you see that pink and you see how it like kind of becomes a little orangey on <laughs> it's already starting to oxidize and you're like oh no oh that's <laughs> interesting <laughs> Hey guys, Victoria here. So it turns out my mic decided to die out mid-episode. Forgive me, but today's audio is captured via iPhone and cleverly refined. I hope you enjoy this episode because the cleanser world is wildly confusing. Okay, welcome back everyone. This is the Chemist Confession Podcast, a human conversation on all the skincare science we talk about. I'm Victoria. And I'm Gloria. And today we are getting into cleanser meats. Oof, it's not going to be a dense one. Yeah, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> I, I don't know. When we were putting together, we didn't know what it meant either. We just kind of let the, the let this research guide us. <laughs> yeah, actually, though. So, yeah, but I guess before we even get into that, how about a few nice words? Yep. The first one is for the specialist, mm-hmm. and the title goes, Keeps my skin in check. I'm over 50, but still get the wow. occasional breakout. I used the specialist at, uh, at the first hint of a breakout, stopping the pimple in its tracks. Very effective without irritation or drying on my skin. Love it. Wow, that's awesome. Also, over 50, man. She must have some nice skin, though. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. And acne, we always say, yeah. is a lifelong journey. Yeah. Um, so really glad that the specialist can nip breakouts in the bud that's actually how i use it even though i have really dry skin i do get the occasional very angry one signal of pimple and i use it to kind of nip in the bud too yeah awesome so all ages for all ages yes (laughs) all right the next one is about our bomb voyage the title is this stuff is the bomb nice She writes, amazing. I cycle nightly between tretinoin and glycolic acid, layering with vitamin C, niacinamide, and azelaic acid. That is a solid routine. Very solid. I find that as a result, my skin can get a little dry and even flaky. About two months ago, I started using this balm and it has completely changed my skin. Put it on every night after all of my other topicals, my glycerin-based serum, and my night cream, and it just keeps the moisture in. My skin looks amazing every morning. No more flakiness or dryness. Cannot recommend this stuff enough. I, uh, I'm so glad that they are able to work in the, the balm like this. And we always say that we love our actors, but it's always important to keep your skin barrier in check and make sure that, you know, you're still keeping a irritation level, a reasonable, yeah. a reasonable low to make sure that, you know, skin's in tip top shape. I also love learning about people's retinoid schedules because mm-hmm. they're all different yeah, yeah um she cycles between tretinoin and glycolic every other day and i can tell you i like for my skin i couldn't do that but mm-hmm. yeah no that's awesome that frequency is so important once you have that dialed in i also don't think i can do it just because for me it's easier to remember oh okay sunday's peel day so i, I mm-hmm. typically use my assets like just a really strong once a week rinse yeah. off mask but if i have to do okay Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do this. Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. Saturday. I'm not going to do it. I know myself. <laughs> I'm just not regimented enough to do it. So it's uh, it seems like this person has really found her stride with active. Yeah. So that's awesome. Also, I, it's funny. I'm also the same way. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like Monday. And I'll be like, don't. I forgot. <laughs> I'll delete you. <laughs> like, you're my goal. Oh, I can't do the count. 
<laughs> oh no, it's gonna be five days before the next <laughs> So yeah. Ah, awesome. So thank you guys for all the very kind reviews and honest reviews. Um, we're very proud of each and every one of them. And as a thank you to our Paul, our podcast listeners, please use the promo code CC Podcast 2023 for 15% off your first order. Are you chuckling because we still haven't come up with a new <laughs> promo code, even though we keep previewing that we will? If it works. If it ain't broke. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't mean it at all. I okay. can get on board with that. <laughs> all right, so let's get into the meats. And this one is a little different. Yeah, so we will say kind of like our previous episode where we dove into the field of cleanser claims you Mm -hmm. can probably tell that we were like really reaching we were trying right (laughs) like one single wall you see a perception study yeah one single wall you see wild active studies and a lot of times it's just like this is a cleanser yeah and then the the conclusion from us is like might not really matter (laughs) yeah this is really tough because a good cleanser is so important and i know a lot of you care a lot about it Mm -hmm. everyone has a lot like i i have a lot of opinions on what i'm looking for in cleanser and it's not even easy to articulate right it's like it's like talking about it's a feeling yes it's about it's like talking about fragrances that you want i feel like last year victoria and i like trying to dabble (laughs) a little bit in the fragrance realm and sometimes the feedback we get makes us want to poke our eyes out (laughs) because it's like it's too vogue you know (laughs) no me <laughs> yeah yeah and there'd be like 500 tea smells and then be like well it's tea i'm like you're gonna have to be way more, more specific than that <laughs> yeah for sure so it's definitely difficult and cleansers in, in that exact same category yeah. sometimes it's hard to pinpoint why you like or don't like a formula mm-hmm. and decoding ingredients also not helpful here because it's so <laughs> formula specific yes but what we'll do here is we will go through the history of um, surfactants yeah. and cleansers, how they came to be a little bit in me part one. And me part two, we'll kind of walk through the logic of us, the two of us, um, shopping for a cleanser. So hopefully that'll help you guys find um, your next cleanser look. Yeah. And I was going to say one thing that I think a recent question we got that was surprising for us was someone asked us like, why like aren't surfactants bad for you oh and why are they in cleansers and so that really i think caught us off guard because you know yeah there's well you know you do hear about how surfactants can be irritating or not like they are your workhorse to clean so it will help going through the history of it so you understand where kind of all the confusion comes from and it's very confusing yep yeah so all right let's, let's, let's do it right in yeah let's step do it. one the soap. <laughs> uh, soap is your most basic form of cleanser. Yeah. It has come and gone. I find uh, in recent years the evolution of soap to be super interesting. Yes. Because on one side you have a camp of like soap is the devil. Yeah. F soap. They will yeah. dry you out, ship your skin with all useful fat. It's if terrible. You, if you use soap, you hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you don't love yourself enough. <laughs> you probably rock yourself in the shower as you use soap. On the other side, you have a lot of like kind of hippy dippy soap brands. that say this is this all natural <laughs> soup is a beloved grandma's recipe. Mm-hmm. I like I still have the beans in it. I that... steam lavender in the same room. <laughs> you remember when Lush had the bean soap and it would literally have sprouts in your drain? <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> 
plants in your bathtub for real. <laughs> yeah. So I, I find that like new age marketing also to be really interesting. Totally. But at the when you peel back the history, it's one of the oldest form of product we've yeah. had around. It's dates all the way back we're talking about like 2000 2800 bc and yeah. like the in ancient babylon is how old it is every ancient it's it's kind of interesting because every ancient civilization without really getting in touch with each other that much kind of have their own mm-hmm. soap and soap when it boils down to it is just some sort of fat source and back in the day it's probably some sort of animal derived mm-hmm. fat mixed with a base so at that time we call it lye and that reaction creates creates soap and because of the fatty tail from your fat constituents and the way the um the base will break down the fat and form that hydrophilic head that's how it's able to create the substance that can interact with both water and your dirt and grime to wash the day off yep and just to even like unpack that even more you know when we say surfactants and soap, for example, when we say the thing that makes them so unique is that they have this property of having both hydrophobic and hydrophilic. That way it can interact with grime mm-hmm. or oil-based things and then be able to be washed off based on its hydrophilic side. So, I, you know, I, I th- it, hopefully that gives you an idea of why these can be so powerful. And I think one thing you'll we'll get into is how, you know, the issue is not that these are, these are, um, I guess, don't work, mm-hmm. that they work too well sometimes. And yeah, anyways. Yeah. So I think soap is really a story of, well, thing broke. So that was what, 28 BC. Next thing you know, it's 1930. So <laughs> <laughs> a good, so 4,000 years went by and people are like, I'm not feeling reasonably clean. Yeah. Hygiene is probably not top of mind for a lot of people <laughs> uh, for many, many thousands of years. Yeah. So it wasn't actually, it wasn't until the 1930s when the first surfactants came out and onto market. It was created, of course, by big player P&G. And this is really after, I feel like since the 30s, it really kicked off a whole flurry of activities. Mm-hmm. The initial round of surfactant was created using petrochemical feedstock. And that time, there was really a lot of movement on the chemistry and chemical engineering front to develop these new molecules for a gazillion different things. And these early stage surfactants were really used as very um, economic replacements for high power detergents. Yeah. So it all really starts in the laundry arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, that first synthetic detergent came out with Dreft and actually Dreft is actually still around. But anyways, what happens is from that, they want to, of course, always improve the process, find a cheaper alternative. And it's really about the 50s where things start getting interesting because this is when the surfactant tetrapropylene benzene sulfonate, which they the acronym is TPS. Mm-hmm. This is another product of the petrochemical industry. It becomes just worldwide used all around because it was so cheap. But this actually started uh, a whole new criteria of things to think about in this industry. Uh, what happened was in the very dry summers of the late 1950s, Germany actually went through several unusually dry summers and the water flow in their streams happened to be severely restricted. And what they started realizing was that, huh, 
there are great masses of stable <laughs> foam just building up in these streams and rivers. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was, what they realized was that it was impacting, you know, the is building up in the vicinity of their weirs, locks, and constructions in their waterways. And these surfactants, they just weren't breaking down. I actually feel like there has to be a whole book on yeah. uh, like how humans have actually clogged the drains through the yes, years. Yes, <laughs> It kind of reminds me of, you know, that book, Guns, Germs, and Verses? Uh-huh. This definitely needs one just dedicated to like plumbing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fascinating. But because of this, it actually led to the first detergent law. And that actually forced manufacturers to ensure that their detergents and cleansing agents' biodegradability cannot fall below 80%. So you think biodegradability is this novice, novel thing we are just discovering now. This has been around since the 50s in the surfactant And we've been clogging pores since the 50s. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... Just to wrap up that little bit of story, um, so it was Germany that first initiated this whole, you know, new biodegradability initiative. Then France, Italy, Japan, they actually followed suit. But what I thought was really interesting was that the UK and US transition, not because they just wanted to follow suit, but it was as a result of voluntary agreements between industry and government. Which feels, I don't know why, like, just so classic us. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like recently, so Victoria and I went to NYSCC, which yeah. is uh, a trade show for supplier of ingredients yeah. and chemists that buy these ingredients to go to. Yeah. Went there, we spoke on panel, thanks yeah. to our friends from IBA putting it all together. And we hear a lot about, you know, like, legislations moving, yeah. you know, like, the sunscreen monogram that is uh, never happening and the new mocha, blah, 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 all that stuff. The new plastic initiative. Ah, yes. And it, like Victoria said, it feels like the same shit, different decade. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of industry insiders going to go, okay, listen here, man. That's never going to work for these reasons. And you kind of like haggle and wow, even in today's, now done with Zoom, but it's the same thing, different decade. <laughs> yes, it has to be, you know, weirdly enough, industry initiated to get the government to get on board and then also wrangle in government legislation that can be very misguided sometimes. So as you can tell, it's we're, do, we're still the same guys yeah. <laughs> since the 50s. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to flag to people that this like level of like extremely rigorous foam that doesn't break down <laughs> is not really an issue today, especially yes. in personal care. Yes, good point. In fact, when Victoria and I have worked on like, I don't know, sulfate replacement projects or new age surfactant type of projects, part of the pain is actually always having enough foam mm-hmm. if if that's what you're gunning for so when we created blink slate we're like whatever foam <laughs> we're like we're gonna make a little yeah, foam product yeah it's fine yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> clean cleansing's more important <laughs> but there are projects where they want that luxurious like mm-hmm. like that foam that yeah. you can get from a soap based mm-hmm. cleanser but with some sort of new age gentle surfactant yeah. and it just doesn't work yeah. so we kind of have the opposite problem now no and it's a really good point because you know it's a good reminder that a lot of the, like this biodegradability aspect is not in the cosmetic mm-hmm. realm. It's actually in industrial cleaners. So it just feels like, mm, but that's kind of where this whole world starts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, that's a really great point. 
and the work there does get trickled out into skincare surfactants that we all know today. Mm -hmm. uh, generally speaking, we would break down the history of skincare surfactants into three generations, mm -hmm. and we are probably firmly still in Gen 2, peaking into Gen 3. Yeah. So Gen 1 is kind of the old age um, petrolatum as, or petrochemicals as feedstock type of uh, surfactants. They mm -hmm. might come from detergents we use for skin, maybe watered down versions thereof or weaker versions thereof. And SLS is actually your sodium lauryl sulfate. It's actually from this era. It came out in the 30s, has been around since because it works really well. Um, and that kind of trickles into Gen 2 which we were looking at SLS, people are worried about the feedstock being petrochemical. And I think today, like Victoria said, people think of these sustainability talk points like, oh, you know, like petrochemical bad, like we want more bio-based. Mm -hmm. It's very new, but it's actually been at work for decades because Gen 2 is all about using more bio-based ingredients. So you have your cocoa betaine, cocoa because it came from coconuts, mm -hmm. and um, SCI, which is sodium cocoyl isothionate. Again, the cocoa just kind of means where it comes from. And you kind of have these plant sources replacing the petrochemical feedstock. But in functionality and in terms of producing it, it actually still has its challenges. Totally. And I think a good way to think of this Gen 2 is Obviously, with a longer history, mm -hmm. um, more efficient processes. I, I don't know if efficient is right. It's more that it's like economical processes. Mm -hmm. This is a lot of those um, surfactants you find in drugstore brands. And also to add now, like SLS now, a lot of them are palm and coconut based and sourced. So this is like that realm of all the classic surfactants yeah. you're used to hearing. And one thing they are noting from this Gen 2 is that we say economical, but there are challenges in looking at that the processing of these materials actually is quite energy intensive. Mm -hmm. So that actually leads to Gen 3. Yeah, and I think I love this bit of the research. I hope you guys find it interesting too. <laughs> but the reality is um, this is not stuff that this is really important sustainability pieces that down the stream, mm -hmm consumers don't really see a lot of this background yes, work and point. it is hard for you guys to really think about it or there's a number representing on on your packaging yeah. because the reality is that for for even for us we are one step removed we really look to suppliers of these ingredients to let us know the nitty-gritty of how they're producing these things yeah and it's something that i guarantee you we would not be able to put on a product label oh uh, yeah and that it would be something that you guys would want to read first it's like this uses an energy efficient surfactant, one of the 15 in the formula. So yeah, um, no, that's a really great point. Okay, so yeah, so then that leads to Gen 3. Now, Gen 3 is, they're starting to push towards fully bio-based materials. Mm -hmm. So they want improved sourcing, they want more efficient processing, more less energy consumption. But we would say we are just hitting this realm because um, Gloria and I can tell you as formulators that uh, not all of them are very good or clean very well. <laughs> yeah, the technology is really interesting. Yeah. I think um, it was pre-COVID. I think at yeah. this point, it's probably four years ago mm -hmm. that I started first noticing these things come out at yeah. um, Suppliers Day. Yeah. So you'll see... People coming out with brochures that's like, oh, our surfactant is mm -hmm. derived from 
呃、uh, ，sugar cane、yeah. or is derived from bacteria processing、mm-hmm. sugar cane. You know, it, the the process is fully circular,、yeah. circular. It's very energy efficient. Yada yada yada. And then you get a little bottle of brown <laughs> muck, and you're like, "Can you believe a bacteria made this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I really can. It looks like it. It smells like it." And the worst part is, you get it, and then you're like, "You want me to use how much?" And、yeah. it's like. More than half of the formula. If you use it neat, it will clean <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, so that it, it was a journey for us. It's actually funny because it's actually during the time we actually started looking into our blank slate、yeah. cleanser formula. Boy, that was really wild.、Um, and weirdly, another sector where plant extract started entering because, like. I think mushrooms. There's a weird. There's a couple of them out there where, like, you know, they did not know what to do it with. They were like, "Great for cleansing. <laughs> totally helps cleanse." Yeah. So, but anyways, these are probably you're, you'll start to hear a lot more of these surfactants、um, moving forward, and you'll actually find a lot of these in, we would say, probably the like Sephora brands.、Mm-hmm. Um, And so these are your polyglucosides and glycolipids. We are actually pretty excited about this category. It just takes some work sifting. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.、So. Don't worry. We are not thinking about replacing blank slate with brown muck. <laughs> it's going to be elegant. Unless it's really good. Brown really brown muck. <laughs> In that case, we're renaming blank slate to brown, brown muck. Sl- brown slate. Oh, brown slate. <laughs> Who、oh, says、God. we aren't getting better at marketing? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I think the other thing that's kind of tied with this is that there are going to be more kind of like more creative cleanser claims、yeah. around this sector.、Um, just looking at you know makeup remo- removability, cleansing power, hydration. Like they're starting to get really creative with this Gen Three category, also because they're more expensive. So. Yeah, so、know. they gotta add value somewhere. Jazz it up. <laughs> I will say, I think I'm really excited about Gen Three, is because I feel like when we were swimming around Gen Two,、yeah. I mean that was always the goal, right? It cleans better and is more gentle. But of course, not easy to hit that.、Yeah. And remember, one of the、um, one of the ingredients that had a moment in Gen Two was SCI. So sodium chloride isobutanate. You'll you used to see was the gentle the gentle surfactant.、Yeah. So how they usually、uh, how they usually position it is you'll get a little bar graph and. The way you assess whether or not a surfactant is going to be gentle or not is to see if it's how likely it is to interact with proteins、yeah. and/or fats on your on your skin. And they always show these bars of oh, SLS oh, so terrible. Yeah, oh, cocoa beating better, but really not as good as you think. Oh, SCI, it doesn't touch your fat, doesn't touch your protein. Oh, it's so good. But I, <laughs> I gotta be honest. First of all, it's expensive. It's very expensive. And the second of all is. It burns my eyes. <laughs> you know what? It really—it it was shockingly. We actually looked into it when we were formulating、yeah. um, blank slate because that was the hot ingredient、yeah. at the time. It was kind of mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, great foaming though. But yeah, you know the funny thing is, to me, it had a weird taste too. Or we. You tell it tasting cleansers. <laughs> Wait, you don't do this. I don't know how do they taste the cleanser. I don't know. I swear, God, some of it gets in my mouth, and I think I think it tastes weird. Now Victoria thinks I'm weird, but she said, "Wow, is she watching her thing?" Gloria's watching open mouth. <laughs> Wait, you guys don't wash your face with the open mouth. <laughs> 
So Gen 3, I think, will be promising. Yes, no, agreed. And then I think the only thing, just to kind of like wrap up this historical, surfactant, I don't know, case study, is that um, I think the thing to keep in mind is that, again, like we were saying in the beginning, no one formulates with just a single ingredient. Mm -hmm. And so usually these are blends. It's very common to see SLS with probably a fancy glucoside. You know, you could see these blend. There's no Mm. like, there's no rule that you have to stay in your lane with any of these. Yeah. 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 Yes, go for it. So a category I really don't want to touch with a with any a steak a pole anything is amino acid based cleansers Mm. i brought it up because it's really diverse right i think for a while that was kind of right before coco began at ci Mm -hmm. it also had a moment as the gentle kid on the block because amino acids acids. you got amino acid i got amino acid (laughs) who doesn't have amino acid therefore it must be gentle but it's actually such a big category in itself yeah like what is the base amino acid what is the support group well i was also going to say that the funny enough was the most popular amino acid cleansers that first launched mm-hmm. were soap based. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. And then it started becoming gentle. amino acid surfactants. Yeah, yeah, like truly amino acid. Yeah, I Isn't think. Weird? And then they all have moments. I think glutamates were yeah, the yeah. amino acid, yeah. and then you had the other amino acids <laughs> that come in. And yeah. Yeah, so I, you're right. It's a whole nother category. Not historically documented we should ask japanese brands oh yeah ajinomoto <laughs> you want to give us a primer <laughs> yeah so anyways but hopefully that gives you guys a good picture of you know how surfactants developed mm-hmm. where it's headed mm-hmm. and also to not be too intimidated mm-hmm. by cleansing agents because they're clearly wanting to just do better mm-hmm. and it will improve. So anyways, that's it for me part. I hope it was interesting. It was so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. Uh, we're going to break it up. It's time to break, break, break it up. Break, 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 Glory sound testing running sunscreen today. Woo! She's not crying I'm not today, crying. guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's fun fact corner is about the binturong. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> and Binturong is, it's about 30 pounds. It looks like, Gloria, how would you describe the cross of like a squirrel, a badger, a raccoon? With a tail of a snow leopard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does have a very luxurious tail. But um, this. It also looked like a very wise old man. Or cranky. Oh. I don't know. I was hoping there would be wisdom to be found <laughs> on wisdom, that frown. <laughs> but very grumpy. Um, so Binturong is actually known as a bear cat. It Aww. is native to South and Southeast Asia and can weigh up to 30 pounds. They typically migrate via trees. But what I found, which was a funny comment, was that they're not very nimble. So oh. even though they migrate via trees, they do still have to descend to the ground to travel to the next tree. So they're, they're like, not really good. So they're like, oh, they're like, eh, I'm just going to go to the ground and climb to the next one. Yeah. So they're not very nimble. And, but anyways, they do move from tree to tree via the ground. Oh, so cute. They are very funny. They sleep in trees. Their tail, like Laura said, is very plushy and luxurious. They kind of use it to 
can use it as a covering. It is kind of their blanket. Well, they do have a growl when they're irritated. Um, they actually use their tails to communicate the other emotions aside from irritation. So you kind of want to think of like a very giant crabby squirrel. It is a lot like a cat. Yeah. So it's a kind yeah. of the waves around, there's a little pop yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So kind of fine looking. They'll eat anything from small mammals, birds, fish, earthworms, insects, and fruits. But I just, the randomest fact, and I pro- why I just want to share this is <laughs> the weirdest thing about them is that they have these scent glands, and their musk has actually been equated to popcorn or corn chips. Wait, so if you're hiking in the jungle, and you smell popcorn. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Apparently, that's their fragrance. Oh, that's so cute. It's so random. Yeah. Anyways, this is sadly an endangered species um, due to the ha- habitat loss and degradation of their forests. But all in all, um, you guys should definitely give it a quick Google. It is a very funky, cranky looking, I want to say like cousin of the badger. I don't know. It just just got this it's look. It's a funny, where... very expressive looking creature. Yeah. So another one that's kind of cool to share. But anyways, so yeah, smells like popcorn. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got animal fun fact coming next week. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So that's it for our animal fun fact corner. We are going to get into the actual useful, helpful cleanser top tips. Thank you for staying with us. <laughs> And now we will go shopping. History lesson is over. They're like, well, that was cute and all, but how did I find the freaking cleanser? <laughs> you're right. You're right. All right, let's do it. <sighs> well, first things first, cleanser are very, very formula dependent. Yeah. There's not enough like chemist knowledge or decoding that we can do to make, to give you a short, um, surefire way to avoid trial mm-hmm. and error. So it is a little personal and there will be some trial and error involved. So, all right. First things first is the format. You have to decide what works for your lifestyle, what works for um, your makeup style. And so generally speaking, if you think about the cleanser category, it's humongous when it comes to formats. You have sticks, bombs, creams, gels, oils, powders. Like you can think of any format and there's a cleanser form. Mm. Quick question, Victoria. Yeah. What is your least favorite format? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... Oh, how many? So we recently trialed cleansing sticks. Oh. Um, and funny enough, while I think that's a very convenient format, probably is not my favorite one because I can see my face on the stick. Yeah, like makeup <laughs> scree, scree. Like, oh, that's my foundation color. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't feel super sanitary. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would say that would be mine. Yeah. You know, for me, though, funny enough, like, I keep turning to powder. Mm. I like that because obviously without water, you can travel light yeah. with it. And I like how it washes. But I always, like, I like the concept thereof, and I will stop reaching for it, and I'll sit there collecting dust until I find it and it has turned into clumps. <laughs> yeah, until the water has seeped in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, no. No, that's true. I, I rarely use a powder. That's true. Well, Those enzyme cleansers. Yes, they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, lots of formats. Lots of formats, and but before you get lost in all the formats, we'll really kind of divide it up into three major categories. Yeah. And the first one is the heavy-duty helpers. Now, these are more ones you should consider if you are 
if you wear makeup every day or if you wear long wear makeup, there's just not enough like cleanser out there to clear off your Japanese mascara or your long wear lipstick. Mm-hmm. This is the category for you. Totally. So you're thinking of your cleansing oils, your cleansing balms, and even your biphase um, makeup removers. It is important to have this to get the job done, especially like Laura said, based on your makeup type. Um, And I think something that's kind of fun to share is someone actually did a study to look at cleansing oils versus makeup remover. Mm -hmm. And this was a study that was done on subjects that have atopic dermatitis. There's a good subject uh, testing size of 35 subjects, and they tested the cleansing oil versus makeup remover for four weeks. And after four weeks, they did find that those that use a cleansing oil did find a reduction in those the atopic dermatitis symptoms of redness, dryness. For me, the takeaway is not necessarily that it's a formula issue. The, for me, for what they do note is that it's because you're using a cotton pad to remove um, and that kind of abrasion on skin is kind of adding to that kind of irritation. I yeah. think that's such a really cool study and cleansing. I think a while ago we did, we've done this a few times where we looked at studies done on cleansing brushes and show that these mechanical motions mm-hmm. really make a difference when it comes to um, getting that deep clean, yeah. a more thorough clean. And this kind of, kind of also calls attention to that, which is the mechanical aspect of washing your face, the motions, the tools that you use can all impact your skin. This is totally going off tangent, but I just had a really random thought. Uh-huh. I'm starting to realize that like the mechanical motion is actually such a wrench and kind of, um, what you predict or expect is going to happen not even just for cleansers but in our sunscreen oh yeah yeah like how you are rubbing your face that friction that abrasion that's happening to skin really changes what can happen and how things hold up so i learned so much about myself (laughs) right so i feel like it's just one of those things you don't think about like formula is one thing but also yeah kind of how you are physically treating your skin can have an impact especially if it's constantly daily i have a confession yes when we do these like uh sunscreen test videos or any sort of test videos where we kind of walk everyone through our routines i'm always the most self-conscious on the cleansing part Mm. i always time lapse it (laughs) i know i know I know I'm not like the most like methodical or cleansing. Yes. No, I'm always like, blah, 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 blah. people are probably like estheticians out there like crying themselves to be like, because you don't wash long enough. Yeah, I don't wash long enough. I'm not very gentle with my skin. <laughs> like I, I, I do mentally compensate for lack yeah. of time with, with aggression. aggression. <laughs> <laughs> Only ten seconds. Oh, oh whatever. <laughs> And from the sunscreen, I there are videos where I miss spots because yeah. I'm like consciously avoiding yeah. makeup because I'm still like I'm in the middle of the day. But then there are videos I take that I'm like ready to end the day, and I'm like, oh no, I missed the whole <laughs> line here. Yeah, I'm not very good. Yeah, so I mean that I feel like is it was kind of eye opening, and I feel like yeah, it just reminded me of this study. So yes, if you are someone who deals with atopic dermatitis, you know, a cleansing oil may be mm-hmm. a better... Less friction for my face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, I think one thing I want to add about this category is 
Is it just me or are cleansing balms really expensive? Now? They are. They are pretty expensive. They're they like they start at like forty like bucks or something. Okay, like yeah. all right. Because I'm like, I recently, with all the sunscreen use, mm. I feel a need to double cleanse now, mm-hmm. um, a little bit more frequently. So I've started like also dabbling in cleansing balms, but I'm like, they are so expensive for oh, a tiny yeah. pot. Yeah, they oh, are. Well. And the way they, um, the way most brands educate you on how to use yeah they're they're digging out a pretty sizable chunk yeah yeah i i will say um i know victoria's victoria doesn't love cleansing balms because they <laughs> tend to be more residue than yeah. oil which makes sense if you think about it because they have to have that extra waxy component to give it the bomb body on me i also even though i have dry skin i also don't love balms as much as oil cleansers mm. they are more travel friendly i will travel with them and kind of use them as makeup remover but i also find that the cleansability is can be can vary so far and wide in between yeah. i've used so many bombs i'm like why am i surfacting it why am i just why, why if you do this why don't i just bring vaseline yes yeah, so that that's exactly it is like they it also is a trial and error mm. like it's not easy to know I mean, you can actually have some pretty useless cleansing bulbs out there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. Wild world. I so cleansers. Of the three like heavy duty uh, helpers to help you get a deeper clean, oil cleanser, balm cleanser, and um, biface makeup removers, what would you? What's your yeah. So I think uh, for full face, probably would do a cleansing oil. Mm-hmm. Just because if I'm like wearing, you know, eye makeup and lip i can get all of that Mm -hmm. and because of how thin an oil is just spreadability just to like wash everything is better i agree oil is my favorite i've um for a little bit i've traveled with like makeup remover wipes and i've used missile water for a pocket of time but again sometimes i compensate but with aggression (laughs) and if i wipes make me yeah i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i remember my mom watched me use a makeup wipe because i didn't have anything else on me and she's like honey you can't pull your eyes like that it's gonna it's gonna stay like that in 10 years actually we should mention at Mm l'oreal sometimes we would participate in studies Mm -hmm. and sometimes they'll let the pads remember they'll soak on your eye yeah. for a little bit before wiping. Yeah. You know, we went through that and we don't even use it. And that we walk in our squeeze, 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 squeeze. <laughs> We're so bad. <laughs> yeah, so that's actually but the, when they do that it does work really well and it does only require like a couple swipes. Remember, less friction for thy face. <laughs> that should be we are better coaches than we are players sometimes. <laughs> it's so true. Oh my god. And the other thing I was going to say was I, for makeup remover, I still use that, but that's only if I only have eye makeup, mm-hmm. but nothing else. For me, you know, what's funny. It's like oil cleansers, cleansing power can also vary far mm-hmm. and wide in between. I find like I, I used to have a couple of long wear lipsticks. Mm-hmm. That's the devil. Mm-hmm. Like unless you go full by face on it, it won't stay there through mm-hmm. like triple cleansing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I think those are the two main ones. And balms, like, yeah, it's it's really just the convenience of it. Mm-hmm. But I I'm trying to give it a chance, that's why I'm 
dabbling. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, so that is kind of your heavy duty fixers. I think we should add one more um, to this, and that's scrubs. Scrubs are interesting. <laughs> so we, I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. I think some people are like chemical exfoliants all the way. Like yeah. forget about scrubbies; they're terrible. We for were you. just doing a spiel about abrasion, Gloria. Yeah, <laughs> can be up for some people. Ah, blah, blah. I should say start from the beginning. I will vote chemical exfoliant into like the kind of must-have category mm-hmm. in your skincare mm-hmm. routine. I think mm-hmm. it's very helpful no matter what your skin type is. But scrubs is kind of like you don't necessarily have to have it. Yeah, I have one just because sometimes when I find uh, when I really want to do a deep exfoliation slash, it's almost like the chemical loosen up, and I do a gentle scrub to kind of just really clean it all off. Totally. But I don't think it's that necessary. No, definitely not. I would say like you know if you find. Your blackheads are stubborn, mm. you know, um, you want like a little, you just think your, uh, maybe your chemical exfoliant needs a little bit of oomph, like Gloria, that mechanical exfoliation can help. But I would say that, I'll be honest, I haven't dabbled too much in this realm. So like a lot of the clay exfoliants, I think I gravitate towards, but I haven't tried some of those like. What is it? The PE replacements. I hate those. Yeah. I kind of hate those. Yeah. You know the ones with the really pretty formula with like the colorful the beads? Yeah. yeah. They're like, but these are your microplastics. Yeah. These are your blah, blah, blah replacements. Yeah. Don't do sh- Don't do jack off <laughs> for me. I have like, already like, as soon as you apply, I have like broken down and don't really exfoliate. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I yeah. won't say I, I had a cognac, cognac, cognac yeah, sponge yeah. and I really like that as to me that's enough like kind mm-hmm. of mechanical abrasion yeah. and then I also have a uh, a cleansing brush like just a mechanical one yeah. not because I keep losing chargers. I think those to me is yeah. enough physical exfoliation power. My problem is there's one time I found the cognac sponge. It was so dry. It was like a third of what it used to be. It's like this triple, like sad raisin in the corner. I was like, ew. So like for me, I too have one. And it's like this sad raisin hanging on the shower curtain. I was like, ooh, why won't you lose me? Also, they grow mold. So like, yeah, keep that around for too long. Yeah, I think that's my main problem with that. Yeah, so. All right, so yes, that we digress. That's it for category one. Um, in terms of category two, we call this your main squeeze. So mm-hmm. this is going to be that go-to cleanser that you're using morning and night. And probably the only asterisk to add here is there are certain uh, skin types, dry, very dry skin, that might be using a cleansing oil morning and night, and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we would say this category. Is typically your, you know, your cream, your gel cleansers. And it's really all about finding that sweet spot of daily clean of that kind of cleansing power and gentleness. You kind of want to find what is that sweet spot for you and some kind of red flags to look for when you are trialing these is are you feeling tightness? Uh squeaky clean feel, mm-hmm. dryness, even stinging. 
those will all be signs that maybe this is not a long-term relationship for that. I think a while ago we made some sort of dating reference yeah. with cleansers. Yeah. We we're talking about how long you should give a product a chance before yeah, you true. declare a winner or a loser. And for cleanser, I think Victoria, at that mm, time... A day. Yeah, also <laughs> still the same i'm like i give it three days <laughs> one date is good enough yeah for me i, I have dry skin so what i look mm-hmm. for is if i keep my routine exactly the same does it feel a little drier after a week or so using cleansers or like two three dates with a cleanser if no then it's all right i think that's a really good point because like for oily skin you just kind of immediately you know you know if it's like i still feel not clean mm-hmm. it's really kind of the main Thing for me but yeah for dry skin i could see needing a little more time yeah and i think this is the category where decoding can be marginally helpful yeah. again even sls formulas can be gentle enough for for everyone's skin it's just very formula dependent so not saying that if you see a surfactant that's been kind of flagged as an irritating surfactant you should avoid it like the plague still mm. listen to your skin but if you're not having a lot of luck um, trialing a bunch of surfactants uh, or a bunch of products out there, it might be helpful to do a quick deco because the most popular surfactants are just that that handful. There's SL, uh, SLS has kind of been tossed under the bus. So you might see SLES pretty frequently. That's sodium lauryl sulfate. You might also see a lot of cocoa betaine. Mm-hmm. Again, very and vanilla. Yeah but maybe irritating for some. So if you're not having much luck, you, you can do a quick decode to see what's the common ingredient amongst all the ones you've tried and didn't work. Yeah, and we will um, share a link to one of our old posts where we actually tried to find cleansers that had that were more like singular surfactant forward mm-hmm. um, as kind of a starting point if you're feeling really lost and you're not really having a lot of luck. And I did want to add, we talk and rant about niacinamide a lot. And we're starting to see niacinamide a lot in cleansers now. Why? Yeah. And I will say that is the one ingredient I actually don't like in my cleanser. I seem to not react very well to it. So that's just one thing I kind of want to throw in there. Like, don't forget there. This is also coming to your cleanser. I know. Who asked for it? Yeah, so, and then the other thing I didn't want to ask Laura is how do you feel about, like, your main squeeze cleanser being, like, a chemical exfoliating cleanser? Ooh. (laughs) So, you can refer back to last episode (laughs) where we decoded two um, SkinCeuticals glycolic acid cleansers. One is kind of a classic one where it's kind of there alone for the ride. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's exfoliating at all. Mm-hmm. And there's one where they actually called out that this is a cleanser that has 8% glycolic acid, which at that level, it should do something even as a rinse off. But for me, I personally don't love it just because I think on one hand, you're not getting the best out of exfoliants, you know, like... Most people need a lot more than a 5% rinse off mm-hmm. of glycolic acid. So I don't really, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't rely on it. And on the other hand, I feel like when you're troubleshooting your routine too, you want to dial back to the basics and that. Having that in your cleanser is something that like, if you're having a bad time, you're having a, a bad reaction to something, I would say to avoid that and just like start vanilla without that. So it's kind of like a, in a no man's land for me personally. So yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care for it. The only exception I would make is 
if you are on a very packed acne regimen and you just wanted to, you just don't don't have any, you know yourself, I'm not gonna add that fifth step to my routine, but I could use an exfoliant help. That can be an easy way to bake it into your daily routine. Totally. No, I totally agree. And also, even some of those um, acne washes, don't forget, they'll, some of them do ask that you leave it on for a couple minutes before yeah. even washing off. So that should give you some idea of like how much efficacy you're getting from an exfoliating cleanser. Not much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The other thing we wanted to add about this massive category is that if you were to do a decode, it can get pretty confusing on format. Cream, lotion, gel, like all of these can be, there's actually oil gel cleansers, you know. Um, it's a very uh, kind of a mystifying world where a lot of these formats can like overlap in a way. Actually, that's such a good point because I did want to call out that when we first started doing content, we realized that there's a perception out there. We'll, we'll hear lingo like, oh, if you're sensitive, reach for a cream cleanser. Yeah. It's more it's more gentle than a gel. That's not true. These yeah. formats have nothing to do with whether or not a cleanser is gentle or not. Yes. So just for funsies, um, I actually did want to share and decode the Ordinary Squalling Cleanser, which is like a very, it's definitely a cult favorite because someone thought that this was a cleansing balm. Uh, yes, a cleansing balm. And so this is the IL here, and then I'll have Gloria just like go through the IL, just give us top five, and then yeah, what is it actually? All right, so the IL reads squalling, water, cocoa capra, cap, uh, caprolid caprate, glycerin, sucrosteroid, ethylmacadamia, capcatric glycerate, hydrogenated starch, hydrolyse, sucrose laurate, blah, 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 thickeners, tobacconins, yada, yada, yada. Um, it is oil forward. Yes. It is a lot more oil heavy than your traditional gel cleanser. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we would say this is actually a cream cleanser. So it's got this emulsion, right, of mm -hmm. your water stuff and your oil stuff. And so I think like it's, you know, at the end of the day, just like a lot of our cleanser top tips, it's what works for you, not really about the IL. Um, so if you are using this as a cleansing bond, sure, great, as long as it removes. If you're using this as a kind of a daily, your main squeeze, also fine, you know? So this is where like the formula type doesn't dictate how necessarily you're using it, I feel like. I have used this one before, mm -hmm. and I will put this one in no man's land. Yeah, I you don't bit. love it? Yeah, I don't love it. Is it not wash? It, it doesn't clean makeup, so it's not oil heavy enough as your completely anhydrous oil or balm cleanser. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't remove my makeup, but it has the residue of a balm cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of like, hmm, what am I? Whatever. It's a very niche benefit. Yeah. So to me, it's a little weird, but I will say. It totally removes something. Something. But not everything. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like, the, this was really weird, but I will say the Ordinary changes their formula a lot. Yeah. So I don't know if this has been updated or not. Maybe we'll do a cleanser test series, so yes. you can stay tuned. <laughs> Very much needed. All right. Then we've got a final category. And mm. this is kind of the category of, like, you're in a pinch. Mm -hmm. And we kind of see this more as 
when you're kind of like in between things. You're Mm -hmm. going to the gym, you got an outing in between your other outings, you have a layover, you know, and this is where kind of those like ancillary remote cleansers can be helpful. Yeah, so we're talking about makeup wipes, your mistler water, Mm -hmm. sticks, so kind of your cleanser on the go Mm -hmm. a little bit. We don't have a lot of strong takeaways or guidelines on this this is what works for you strictly speaking we wouldn't rely on these as your like everyday Mm -hmm. making sure your uh, face is thoroughly clean products but they're definitely good in a pinch yeah so gloria if you had to pick one forever forever (laughs) forever okay what would it be I think I will have to go with a makeup wipe. Yeah. Just I for agree. because of the point of it existing as convenience factor. That's yeah. the only thing that you can take and that's all you need. Yeah. I will say I almost like caved and bought the, you know, like the Costco. I saw had this like giant pack of um the Neutrogena makeup wipes. Yeah. And Is they're the all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, ah! You're like, so wasteful, so convenient. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. It feels super wasteful. And I will say, like, the occasion I can think of is Victor and I sometimes go hiking. Yeah. You'll see it in our um our sunscreen video. And sweat is a sunscreen killer. Yes. Reapplying over sweat is not a fun experience. Yes. So having when you when you're taking a break, if you're able to like give your face a good wipe down with a makeup wipe and then reapply, it's much better than just like applying over the dirt and grime. I was actually just gonna talk about that. It was like I've never felt the need to have a makeup wipe mm-hmm. more than trialing all of these tinted sunscreens because mm-hmm. some of them are so heavy handed with pigments uh-huh. that reapplying makes me look pretty gross. Mm-hmm. Um, like. Like, it feels like I have, like, buttercream on my face. Oh! Yeah, and so that, it would be a scenario where, like, I would want makeup wipes if I'm using some of those, like, heavier tinted SPFs. More to come on that. It's a journey. Yeah, and I think missile water, you still have to pack, like, something. Like, either those reusable, I'll say, a while ago we got um, these, like, reusable Mm -hmm. wipes. Cotton pads. Yeah. That you can, like, clean in the laundry. Which I, I think the concept is really nice, but for me, it might be a mental blockade that as I see it slowly turn yellow on me, I'm like, <laughs> or I don't know. Okay, like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or like they get really lost in a wash. I don't know where they go after Or with the missing socks. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so just the concept of having to pack yeah. one more thing that can get lost your bag with it kind of loses the convenience factor a little bit for me. And sticks, you still need water to wipe down again you need something to wipe it down so it's kind of like me yeah totally so that kind of summarizes in the most basic sense like how to navigate cleanser formats and Mm -hmm. kind of how to go about it obviously we want you to start with your main squeeze Mm -hmm. make sure you love it forever because you're going to be using it day and night or night Mm -hmm. i don't know and then you can move on to some of the ancillaries for, you know, all of your lifestyle, whether it's makeup, your your exercise, whatever. So, yeah. Uh, so I will say something that a lot of people probably probably want to ask is how do I know if the cleanse is thorough enough? Because we do always harp on question. it shouldn't squeak, your skin shouldn't feel dry over time. 
it's gonna be hard really and I will work on some creative ways to test it out and, yeah. and see how it goes because because it is hard to describe it's like yeah. when um when people test out let's say or the cleansing brush study that I alluded to earlier they use like like charcoal or like black mm-hmm. stuff on the face you visualize and really test the cleansingness cleansy cleansiness that is not a word how well the whole system cleanse but it's not something you can do at home so it's a little hard to test you know i will say the having the sunscreener was really helpful right? was helpful yeah. and actually having something tinted was really helpful oh yeah and doing the towel wipe down mm-hmm. i felt like was a good test and I think that's why traditionally that squeaky clean feel was such a target mm-hmm. to aim for because yeah. it was like the only indicator that you were cleansing well enough. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I will say You're right. we should think about some some, some tests, mm-hmm. some creative tests. We'll get there. Keep an eye out. And if nothing else, visit your favorite esthetician and ask if they pulled out. <laughs> Any any black heads or white heads that has a pink or orange tint to We're it. We're not talking about when our lovely esthetician fairy godmother did that to me and found a very a pink hue to when something she extracted. I was like, oh. And then she said, oh. Uh, do that? And I love it when she, like, without judgment in her voice, when you feel the shame internally, mm. you're like, yeah, you see that pink? And you see how it, like, kind of becomes a little orangey on it. it's already starting to oxidize and you're like oh no oh that's interesting <laughs> okay so aside from that we do have to talk about ph no just no. for a hot second. okay because there's actual data behind it okay yeah so one last thing is around cleansers everyone is always conscious about ph yes Sometimes too much. A little bit. They get a little tenth decimal happy. Um, oh, I will say, I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat theory real okay. fast. I think that's how amino acid cleanses uh, fell out of favor, right? Because uh-huh. a lot of it, because it was all the rage for a while to have amino acid cleansers. Mm-hmm. It's very gentle. And then it was all the rage to have like gentle skin pH, friend, uh, pH friendly formulas. Mm-hmm. And then people were like, but me amino acid formula sits a pH of seven. Bad! <laughs> Anyway, that's my tip. No, that's a, I think that's totally fair. And yeah, a lot of cleansers nowadays are, they're usually targeting anywhere between five and six. So, mm-hmm. you know, we will say like, don't have to worry too much um, about the pH unless you're, it's a soap-based cleanser. And his, we've done actually a couple blogs on how, you know, there are studies where they've looked at subjects that use soap long-term and their skin is fine so that's it's another case for it is like what it is your preference Mm -hmm. you know and how there's other studies that say you know using lower ph can be very helpful for those with compromised skin um acne psoriasis and eczema so just some things to cover but we have to share this study it's a study actually funded by unilever I think big Unilever. Big Unilever. I think they got tired of the pH battle, uh-huh. and they were like, "That's it. I want to show, and I just want to know, is pH the end all, be all? You know, for uh, washing unsensitive skin." So um, they tested for five days, 
the same formula, mm -hmm. except that these formulas just had varying pHs. Mm -hmm. And the results showed that skin cleansing systems formulated solely or predominantly with anionic surfactants. That's a whole nother realm that we did not dabble in today. Under skin pH conditions can result and skin dryness and irritation compared to those under neutral pH conditions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's very, so what we just said, it, there's a lot to unpack there, mm -hmm. but basically what they're trying to say is it is not the pH that can contribute to dryness. It's the surfactant type yes. or how it's formulated. Mm -hmm. There you go. So they want to show that. My job. <laughs> On that note, we're out. <laughs> you know, Libra was like, shut up about pH. <laughs> if we get one more email about pH. Uh, so just to add a little bit, the results are explained in terms of the increased electrostatic interaction of these surfactants with the SC or stratum corneum under low pH conditions compared to neutral pH conditions. So clearly it's, paired together right yeah. it needs to be the right surfactant at optimal ph but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the lowest ph so hopefully that kind of broadens our perspective on being very ph calculated yep again it really goes back to how the interaction potential between your surfactants and your trancornium proteins and lipids yeah. Cool. I'm yeah. glad they did this. I mean, for me, I can I I understand why pH was such a big talking point. Yeah. It's a relatively simple thing that everyone can test at home. Yeah. And and I I I think in a way it's like okay, it is one part of the puzzle. Yes. But the rest of the puzzle is kind of a little bit on the too mysterious side for consumers yes. because for us to say yeah, P in this case, pH actually was a negative impact mm -hmm. when it's too low. We're not saying pH, like low pH is bad. It's a very specific case scenario mm -hmm. that causes it to interact more with um, your strand corneum. So I think the takeaway here is just like, just relax. You know, if, you know, if, if you're using and loving your cleanser, you think you see nothing wrong with it. You like how it cleanses, you like how your skin feels. Mm -hmm. But then you see somewhere on TikTok saying that I found this study that means your pH of five cleansers you toss out. <laughs> yeah. No need to have a knee-jerk yeah. reaction. You're probably fine. Yeah, totally. So on that note, we hope shopping for a cleanser <laughs> is a relatively painless process. You can have a little fun with, because I'll be honest, personally for me, I like, you know, I actually don't mind fragrance. Oh, I love cleanser. Mm. I don't mind a good lather every now and then. So I just feel like it is a bit whimsy and I think it should be fun. I don't know. It's bubbly. Confession <laughs> time. Yes, hit me. Cleanser is a category I will absolutely spend my own money on a pretty package. Oh. And it smells nice and I don't really care what's in it. Yeah. I might hate it in a few days, yes. but in that moment, it's just like a, I mean, it can't be that bad. <laughs> and also because like there is a lot of different like fun packaging, fun experiences yeah. in cheaper like, yeah, without yeah, having sure. to spend a ton of money. Oh, and I will say, in the way we categorize cleansers, I find that in your main squeeze kind of bucket, it's harder to make something that I absolutely hate. Like, unless it <laughs> really burns the yeah. eye or really, like, has something really funky going on, I, at most, I don't love it. 
but bombs and oils, I've used so many mm. formulas. I'm like, you suck! <laughs> but I will also say the main squeeze realm is where there is a lot of mediocrity. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. like, holy actually, crap, yeah, no. I don't care. That is a flip side of it. You're like, after you wash your face, you're like, that was a cleanser. <laughs> I can confirm that was a cleanser. It did something. You know what it is? It's the... The La Roche-Posay formula, <laughs> the really gentle one, where it just like shoops around on your face and does clean, but then when you're done, you're like, okay, oh, that's cool. Yeah, CMA <laughs> too. I hate that one. <laughs> so much. The hydrating cleanser that everybody loves. Yeah, like the snot ball that kind of slides around your face. Yeah. So on that note. Oh, yeah, on that note. <laughs> maybe enjoyable, relatively pain-free. But yeah, we hope this was helpful for you. We hope you find it less intimidating. And also, at the end of the day, shouldn't be all that stressful. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, that is the end of this episode. Yep. Gloria, where can they find us? I'm so glad you asked, Victoria. <laughs> uh, you can find us on our website at chemistconfessions.com. Go right to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. Or DM us at chemist.confessions on Instagram. We're also on TikTok, but we probably don't respond very really. The response rate <laughs> is not great. So you guys will comment on this video below, and we will see you next time. See ya. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.